Hello, 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 and welcome to the sixth episode of the Artproof Podcast. In this episode, we have done things a little different, and rather than talk to an artist, we have sat down with fellow podcasters, Elizabeth and Jesse from the Artfree Podcast, Gary Mansfield from the Mizog Art Podcast, soon to be renamed Ministry of Art, and Benjamin and Nick from the Delphian Gallery Podcast. Unfortunately, Eric wasn't able to join us for this recording, but we sank a few beers and ate more than our fair share of mince pies on his behalf. For this Christmas catch-up, we discussed how we all go about interviewing our artists, why the guys at Artfully started their podcast, and with Gary recording up to six episodes a week, how does he find time to produce his own work? Plus some general chit-chat about the industry and us getting to know a little more about what each of us are doing with our podcasts. So um, I'm Liz. And I'm Jessie. And we're from the Artfully Podcast. And the Artfully Podcast is a podcast full of art. Um, news stories and a little bit of gossip. And then we always do exhibition reviews as well. Every Yeah, exhibition reviews, uh, talking about current affairs in art and also um, have an art focus every month, don't we? Which is um, ranged from Anton Kiefer to Bridget Riley to Yayuki Summer. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, it's accessible and but fun at the same time. Yeah. All right, well, I'm Ben. And I'm Nick. And, uh, <laughs> and we are from the Delphian Podcast. Now, Delphian is a, I suppose we're a gallery, but we also do a podcast, a um, series of talks. We've just written a book. And our podcast is just us two chatting with art world practitioners from artists to curators to gallerists, etc. Uh, and I'm Nicholas. And I'm Rowan. And uh, what do we do? We, don't we yeah, we sporadically <laughs> do podcasts where we interview people from the art world that we like and enjoy, either their work or how they run their galleries, etc. That's it. But Eric is missing tonight. We should just point that out. That is true. Eric's not here. Otherwise, name, otherwise engaged. <laughs> My name is Gary Mansfield. I produce the Mizog Art Podcast on my own. I'm on my own this evening. <laughs> um, I. I um, like the Delphian, I also speak to artists and anyone else in the peripherals of that industry. My podcast in the new year is going to be changing its name or rebranding to the Ministry of Arts. Uh, what, what's it, what is the Ministry of Arts? Uh, I've done a talk at the NED for some asset managers. Um, they wanted people who had an inspirational story. Um, and they got pointed towards me. I told them about my story to do with prison and working in the arts. Um, it went on to talking about art within the city, and I said about how sterile I thought the artwork was in these big money companies. Yeah. Um, and I sort of half talked them into putting exhibitions in their, um, in their environments for what I think are more um, presentable artists. The artists I'm looking at um, getting 50% and the other 50%, what the gallery would normally take, will be going to a chosen charity. So you're not getting paid for this all? Well, I'll be getting paid for the funding that he's putting the show in. Right. That's, the, that's the formula that we've just done, the first one last week in yeah. Liverpool Street. Um, we've got to see whether it's viable yet. We're going to do two or three more, um, yeah, just to see if it's viable. So can you say, like, is there banks involved? Can you say who you've got involved in it yet? It's a, 
I don't even know what asset management is. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I got asked to talk about them. It's like it's it's, it, it. They don't like to be associated with banks. Right. Uh huh. For whatever reason. Makes it sound like, <laughs> like, it sound like they are banks. They're, they're like, they said, we're like a hedge fund, but we work with the people which still went over my head. I don't know what hedge fund. Nor do I. <laughs> I they, was, they, was, they was offering to finance me so they were good people. <laughs> <laughs> they were the salt of the earth. Is that all it takes? Mm, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Do you know how they found you? It was a friend of a friend. Someone, okay. is a, uh, someone runs another podcast. Uh, not an art podcast, just a, a sort of general podcast. Head fund podcast. Now, a guy called Stu Riffin, he runs a, um, a podcast via Scroobius Pip. You know Scroobius oh, Pip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah, all, all part of that network. He's a friend of mine. He was a friend of a friend who got me into this, who, who told them about my story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Essex as well. Is this an Essex circle of people? It is, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing in South London yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm well out of comfort zone. Yeah, I'm a North Londoner, and my husband was not happy about me. Going to <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're all right with me. I'm from Yorkshire, so I'm well out of comfort And why did they change the name at all then? Well, it looks like. Um, from conception of just having the name of Ministry of Arts, which was going to be this thing that went into the city um, businesses, um, some more stuff has come from that already, um, like art sales, art rentals. Um, that's what we're looking at, and we, right. we're just going to see if that's going to work in the city, you know. Oh, yeah. And if it does, it needed an umbrella name. I come up with that one. It was I nicked the logo off the Ministry of Justice, which I thought was pretty pretty humorous um, we won't tell them that and that's <laughs> and uh, yeah and just that's where it was going so I just put everything under that umbrella and cool. I constantly get asked what Mizog means which is yeah, still yeah. alright yeah I think mean, that's quite intriguing I've yeah, had a few people. Americans ask me what my Zog is <laughs> and, uh, yeah we so. get we get people even artists we've exhibited saying what does Delphine mean and Delphinia. Yeah. Del- where's Delphine? <laughs> <laughs> and what do you tell them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say Google it, motherfucker. Fair enough. Where's my phone? Yeah. <laughs> 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 what does uh, art proof mean? Oh, it's, 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 yeah. you don't know, you don't know. It's a lot of brain. <laughs> uh, how is it the, the first rule of art proof. <laughs> <laughs> And how did you come up with your name, artfully? Um, Jesse came up. <laughs> I had no I think idea. I WhatsApped you like twenty different names. Yeah, no. Yeah, we went through a lot. Did you get it straight away? Did you know what you guys wanted? What Delphian? Yeah. Uh, we did a show called Delphian. We basically yeah. wanted to pick a word that was pretty Googleable. So if you Google it, you're not really going to find nice, much yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. We have done well with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's all that, about the SEOs. Really about the SEOs. <laughs> yeah, we did a show in my studio in Whitechapel about five years ago. Or so. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. I mean, it didn't really have a title, I don't think, but it's kind, kind of cool. Delphian over cunts. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, I think it kind of had a few names, but, um... Yeah. And then, what did you say there? Group Collective Arconsts. <laughs> yeah, we thought the name Group Collective was quite funny, because yeah. obviously Group and Collective mean yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then we started the Instagram for that show, and then we kind of forgot about it for ages. 
Mm. And we just started posting stuff again. And it, I guess Delphia just was the name then. Yeah, mm. and just yeah. snowboard. What? Just snowboard from there. Oh, right, yeah. I thought you said just then you just snowboard. Non sequitur. And how did yours get going from just conversations while working yeah, together well, or post working yeah, together? No, yeah, well, no, it definitely wasn't when we were working together because we haven't worked together now for like a couple of years, three years or three something. Three or four yeah. years. But I think we just, when we did work together, we kind of bonded in the fact that we like the same kind of art that wasn't necessarily the art we were actually seeing. Yeah, and when, also, when, when, also, when you just work together, you just spend like all day just talking yeah. about stuff. Completely. So you kind of already know that you've got like a rapport. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then we were just, we were chatting in our living room about something we'd seen and I think my husband was just like, you guys really need to record this. <laughs> this is kind of wasted, so. But I don't know if you guys feel like this, but it's always that daunting thing when you do that first episode and like, you're like, I think I'm interesting to listen to. Right. <laughs> and I quite like talking to you, but like, <laughs> Just because your husband endorses us, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> like, You should have that on the bottom of your, of your <laughs> website, should you? And how long was it between you, like your husband suggesting it to you guys doing it? Oh, pretty, we're pretty on it, to be fair. Like, <laughs> it was I was talking about weeks. it for about a year and a half before yeah. I found yeah, it. Yeah, like, it was like two weeks before. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty quick. But um, we just kind of you know, somehow cobbled it together. I, I knew I could edit it, some, you know. Yeah, that was me. very fortunate, because you've got a bit of a background in music. Yeah, so that was, we didn't have to pay for someone to do that, which was always a bonus. And then you work in PR, so you could do all the promotion, and my husband did all the graphics for it and stuff, so it's kind of... Just came yeah, together, came together quite place. easily for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was cool. So, so for us, it was just yeah. having it sitting in the pub <laughs> after, <laughs> going to the pub after a show and having a chat, and then doing the same thing a couple of days later, having a chat with different people. Yeah. And thinking all these conversations are lost, all these moments. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. yeah. And after you leave, oh, that's really good. It'd be good to go back and meet yeah. that stranger again and talk about that. Yeah. So Rowan was like, oh, we should get together. We should record these yeah. things yeah. after a beer. Yeah, because every Thursday night we were essentially doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It really felt like it could be out there yeah. and people would be interested well, we'd be, in we'd do it anyway in the pub with a stranger yeah. so you might as well just get much, oh, yeah. much less profound than that me and Nick just had these ideas like oh should we do a podcast yeah, yeah. And we just <laughs> did a podcast <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, see, mine, yeah. I, 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 for years when I've been in the studio I'll always listen to a talk based radio you know or, or story books mm. um, then I've got into podcasts and I've I mean, I didn't look too far, but I couldn't really find any art interviews. And I know so many artists from like my time in prison. I didn't meet them in prison. Where I've sort of got to know so many artists, I thought, well, I'm in a prime position to sort of just tap on a lot of artists' yeah. door to sort of ask if they'd fancy doing one. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've always been really conscious of my accent and my vocabulary. I know, I know my knowledge is good because yeah. I've read so much. But my vocabulary isn't good, nor is my accent. And uh, well, there's nothing wrong with my accent, but I'm conscious <laughs> of it within the art world. And I just figured I'd take that sort of attitude where if I'm scared of a spider, you go and sort of handle a tarantula, you know. So oh, yeah. I figured I'd just start a podcast and went from there. Actually, that's probably what makes your show so accessible because I think a lot of people who want to learn about art in the art world, it you know, it can be quite. Um, I don't know, a bit daunting to kind of get into it. It's quite yeah, an exclusive... Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't it? want to get into like a BBC podcast or a BBC documentary sometimes. Yeah. No, yeah. it's very dry, it's quite serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, think... I had a set of fundamentals that I wrote down first and 
um, where art changed my life so much, I wanted to sort of, and I, I know that where I've gone into prisons and it's, it's helped other people as well, yeah. I wanted people like myself off council estates to have access into the arts because it can change people so much. Mm. Totally. So I figured I could possibly be that person to do it. Yeah, mm. that's great. And have you had people get in touch with you? Yeah, loads. Who listen to your podcast yeah. and say that it's helped I had someone come, come up to me in a gallery when I was talking. Huh. Talk, when, I, well, when I was talking to someone else, they asked if I was Gary Mansfield from the Miserable Podcast. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's very cool. Okay. Yeah. You, the Gary Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a policeman and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been on your podcast. It was quite fun. It was like of all, of all the podcasts and that kind of thing I've done, yours was one of the more fun ones. Mm-hmm. It was very informal, just like a chat, just hanging out. Yeah. And we'd never yeah. met before either, no. so you just came around to my studio. We just had a had a sit down yeah. and a chat, and it was really good. Well, I, I try not to be any different than I am. I'm a bit sort of immature and throw a joke in when it's not needed. <laughs> There was two nuns in a bath. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't even need a punchline there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I figured it's, it's pointless being any different than you are in real life. So, you know, if it makes people accessible, and I, I, I like to think that artists can listen to it as well, as well as people who are to just introduce themselves into it. That's it. That yeah, was yeah. a big reason why I kind of wanted to get into it because I spent every time I paint. I'm listening to podcasts. I, that's what I do. I just I don't really listen to music that much. I like the, the kind of the company, the company, so you can be quite lonely, found, isn't it, painting by yourself? Yeah, but I found when I did that, I painted it a lot slower. So now I refuse to. Like if I had music, like quite old beat music, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just keep going. Yeah. What about you? Because you've more done paints. They can be doing things. How's yeah, work for you? I, well, my my work is very very dull to do. So I. It's a nice little addition. You want to try looking at it. So my work is, is utter garbage. And for that reason, um, when I'm making it, basically, I'm doing repetitive patterns and detail for days sometimes. Yeah. So I need to have something to distract me. So I often have music or documentaries or podcasts mm-hmm. to kind of, so that I can zone out from the artwork, really. Yeah. So the actual drawing of like the, the faces and the figures um, is fairly quick and that's something I need to be in the zone for. But then doing the patterns is just monotonous. So I need someone else to distract me. I must say, your podcast was the first one that I spoke out to. I'm sitting on the train and one of you asked the other one a question and said, do you think that? And I went, yes. And then I looked around and I thought, fucking hell, no, I spoke, I spoke out and I went, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's that's I was a bit worried there when you were saying that you were thinking out of it. I think, I'm definitely like, absolutely. Yeah, I spoke out. Oh, fucking that's mommy. good. That's really good. It's, it's great to have the feedback as well when people, you just, you know, strangers write to you and say, you know, that they really appreciate what you're doing and it just makes it all worthwhile doesn't it really yeah. someone told me the other day they were listening to our podcast in the bath yeah. it made me feel a bit <laughs> weird we should probably ask where people are listening to us. there should be a dress code <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where going on. Well, how long is your podcast how long about uh, it's like usually 25 to 35 okay, minutes that's okay so only a little bit pruning yeah, yeah, they're not getting properly yeah. pruning yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, about 45 minutes ish that's till the water's probably yeah. cold then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's yeah, why that's we've got, 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 got one in the bath though, didn't it? Oh, okay. what's the longest one you've done 
Longest bath I've done. Longest bath? I don't know. To be honest. Spat. I mean, it'll be this one. And I, and I, <laughs> right, it'll sure definitely it be this one. It's really it's right. Right. It's it's about, about an hour, I don't know. Ray Richardson just over two hours. Oh yeah, yeah. He's good. He's good as a two. Yeah, I liked that. I, I, I can't remember, but I know no, it, it was went really wrong at the end because <laughs> we started laughing like soppy little schoolboys, yeah. and <laughs> I even cut a minute of laughter out, and there was still two minutes in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would have been inclined to cut out like. Two minutes fifty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a good way. A good way to end. It's <laughs> 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 fade out with you laughing. Yeah, well, I should have just kept them up. On loop at the end. So, what what podcasts do you guys all listen to in our time? <laughs> oh yeah, classic. Sorry, I've got it. Oh, it's good. It's Melvin Bragg. Like every week, he'll talk about a different subject, but it'll be like. He'll be talking about, say, the Renaissance, and then he'll be like, next week we're talking about AI and self service checkouts. It's wild, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one of stuff you should know. I listen to oh, yeah, similar, I heard that. It's a similar yeah. sort of thing. Where he's, I don't know if you guys have heard yeah, of yeah. They'll talk about a subject, they'll both, both get to research something, mm. come back and like, discuss their research, and the next week could be a completely different subject. Both of them probably don't know anything about it. Yeah. And that's quite a good one. Because there's things like... Well, they're both Americans, so a lot of the stuff is subject that they should have learned in school and they never did. (laughs) Right, And there's no reason why I would know it at all. Yeah. So there's abstract realities. Do you guys know um, To The Studio? It's like a new London-based artist podcast. No. It's good. Check it out. We should have had a bit of it. We can't have a room full of people. I mean, we do already have a room full of people. We probably yeah. couldn't fit many more. Did you rearrange the room for tonight? Yeah, yeah. come early. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours of getting it just right. <laughs> well, I've, got, I've got a lot of friends who do podcasts. Um, I got a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how many of them do podcasts? Seven. Yeah, so I listen. I listen to a lot of theirs. Like we were saying, Scroobius Pip and his lot. You know, where I know all of them. Um, I listen to their podcasts. I like his one because he gets quite varied people yeah. in as well He's like from all walks of life. And it yeah. seems to be that the two big ones in the country are him and Adam Buxton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam Buxton, big... massive. Yeah. Adam Buxton, though, really short. Is he? <laughs> yeah, 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 quite a short man. Oh, we Adam Buxton. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming on. I've got him on mine next year. Don't tell him I said he was short. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm laughs> sure he knows. He went to art school, Adam. Adam Buxton, so I've got him on mine for, well, he's agreed to it, nice. that's, that's where we are so far. Then I untied him and <laughs> <laughs> took him out the boot and I've not heard from him since. <laughs> I've been listening to Artist Decoded. Oh yeah, that one's been around for yeah. a while. Well, I don't know that. He's based in America earlier on it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had trouble with American LA. ones. I know, that's a big reason why we kind of started ours, because we were complaining that of just loads of American ones. Oh, I just struggle with the accent. Oh. And I know that sounds really bad, <laughs> but I just, I can do like 10, 15 minutes of it. How are you with uh, with Gary's accent right now? I love that accent. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think your accent's really great for recording. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Yeah. You know what? Channel 4. A lot of police stations have said exactly the same thing to an interview. What else? I was just about to say, oh, there's a, a com- comedian's artist podcast as well called I think it was called The Secret Artist that I only found last week 
because um, there's a lot of comedians went to art school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like there's Vic a, Reeves and yeah, Harry Hill. There's a, a comedian called Annie McGrath, or Annie McGrath, I can't remember the pronunciation, mm-hmm. but she's just started the um, secret artist. I've only listened to a couple of those, but they're pretty cool. Oh, cool. And she does yeah, an artwork with them at the time. She brings them in, oh, they do an artwork for 50 minutes or an hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just talk while they're doing it. Yeah, I was gutted when I heard it. That was such yeah, a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I wasn't going to say that, but I had to. There's, there's an Australian tattooist who does a similar thing, though. Who tattoos people? Well, like... he's an illustrator as well. No, in fact, he does. Yeah. So they draw, they do do a drawing during it as well during the interview. But I think he's mostly interviewing actual music, musicians actually. Uh-huh. As they get tattooed, and then at the end, he'll also do do a tattoo if they want. Wow. Mm. So you need to get a gimmick. Have you been on any podcasts? I've been on one um, for uh, a gallery called Fat Space Gallery, which I was on, um, which was good. But that was just like a really short one, really. But um, no, just just hours chatting away. I don't know what anybody would put me on a podcast to just talk about my podcast. I've been on this one called the Mezog Art Podcast. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. It's brilliant. People should check out. <laughs> my Zog. Is it my Zog? Uh, yeah, it's like that. So. What about you, Rowan? Have I been on another? Oh, sorry, yeah, Delphian. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I see why you're pointing down. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, let me talk for a whole hour. Yeah. Off and on. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant time. One way combo? Or... <laughs> yeah. uh, ours, we try and keep ours to being a little bit one way. We just try and, we try and shut up as much as possible. Like, I, I would talk, as I'm doing now, I would talk forever if someone didn't stop me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ours, we try and... As I say, you've been on mine. <laughs> I have a question for the ones which for you guys which interview people. Do you find do you look at your ratings? Does it vary massively depending on who you're interviewing? Oh, yeah. tricky territory. I stopped looking at mine yeah, a long time ago because I started. Someone gave me a few tips on what to do to try and get more listeners, and mm-hmm. I started doing it, and I felt really uncomfortable with it because I yeah. I didn't start mine for oh. listener numbers mm-hmm. really. But I have noticed, answering your question, mm. I had like Mark Wallinger mm. and... Um, Benjamin Murphy. Ma- <laughs> ben- yeah, <it> <laughs> all the greats. <laughs> I, I had Matt Collishaw and um, Mark Wallinger, mm. one after the other. Yeah. And then I had a homeless person a couple of weeks before who, who used art to get out of, or like get off the streets. Yeah. And the homeless person wiped the floor with the yeah, pair of them. <laughs> yeah, and it was he almost done as much as both of them put together. Wow, wow that's mad. And that's intriguing as well because sometimes, you know, all that people have to go off is like the name yeah. of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And normally, you know, when you're going through, you'll just be like, mm, like, you know, Desert Island Disc. Yeah. I don't really want to know about that's it. Jimmy Carr's like <laughs> eight tracks. Yeah. But, you know, maybe someone else you do. But it's, it's really interesting that like, a homeless guy. Yeah. No, it's the story probably, but they just saw that. Yeah, that's, that's like, probably actually. what it was. Yeah. And then I've done a tattoo artist, and she just knocks spots off everyone. Interesting. Mm. So I guess it's because they're maybe more accessible. Because if you if you're listening, if people don't know who Matt Collisher is, yeah. not from from the art world, then or it, those it, stories you just look over the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, you just think about the story. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, if, I, if I'm like looking for one to listen to, I'll look at who the guest is and then just decide. Hundred percent. Yeah. On which ones I know or like. Oh, see, I see. I'm a bit addicted to podcasts. I will just listen. All of them, everything. Yeah. Mm. Like <laughs> Scroobius Pips. When I started listening to his, he was 120 in. 
And I caught that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking terrible. <laughs> I listened to him in my car, in my yeah. studio. In the bath. When I'm in the bath, I listen to yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just listen to. I, I don't watch much telly anymore. I'm, no, I'm no, starting no. to sound a bit fucking sad, don't I? No, no, but, no, no. Uh, and then I find one, and I just hope. Like someone said to me the other day, oh, you're listening to so-and-so's podcast. I had a look, and they was like 100 and something in, and I said, I can't fucking do it. Because <laughs> as soon as I watch one, yeah. I put all of the others, uh, sorry, as soon as I listen to one, I put all the others to one side, catch like up. binge Not on set. that one, and then I have to catch up on everything else. <laughs> yeah, so it's really bad. So with Scooby as Pip as well, originally, like I would go for the names, but then now, and I listen to Joe Rogan as well, now generally I will go for the, one, the names I haven't heard of. Because they do end up being more interesting. And you kind of know a bit enough about carving. Everyone's got a story about Tom Hanks on. You kind of know enough about yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah, he's uh, been interviewed so many person. times. You know yeah, what yeah. And they all answer the same questions. I mean, that's why I have uh, them questions running through mine. So that everyone has to answer the same simple mm. questions. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, gonna be, it's, it's not necessarily going to be something you would have heard from Matt Collishaw or mm. whomever. We've yeah. got a few of those. We call them killer questions. What are like, your killer questions? Uh, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but um, it's like we... two pages of them. Well, we've got we've got two pages of like questions for to fill silence if there if there is any. But we've got yeah. like a section called killer questions that can be asked at any point. They're really good and they're like they will. <laughs> they're really good. No, the answer. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember them, but they're yeah. killer questions. Oh yeah, they're killer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of them is like what. What one piece of advice would you give to an emerging artist starting their career now? And then whatever, whoever you ask that to, there's going to be a... Opens the mouth. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be like an interesting, useful bit of advice. Yeah, totally. We've just got that one question. <laughs> Other than that, it's just... That's, a, that's definitely a killer question. It's fine. What is your question? Yeah. What is the, the do, one killer question? Do you have your own art hanging in your house? That's and a good If so, that is a good why question. that piece? Oh, well, that, rather than you don't. I don't I see don't. any of yours in this Yeah, yeah, I don't. Why is that? You don't have any art in here, actually. No, but yeah. You don't have a Christmas tree with no decorations up yet. Gary, do you have faith? Of mine? Yeah. You su- sorry, you successfully diverted. Yeah. Judging by the reaction, there's a story. Why don't I? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for him, I'll let you. No, okay. <laughs> that's okay. I would imagine if you were looking at your own work you'd constantly be thinking how you wanted to tweak it or how you could have made it better but you just wouldn't be able to relax with it around you because I assume most artists feel driven that they can always improve on the last painting yeah I should hope so yeah and that's why you keep carrying on essentially I think because you always think I can do it better I can do it better so you would have that torture if it was hanging in your room or wherever because you'd constantly be like, oh, I can't look at it because I know I could have done it better or I could do that now or I should have done that. I, I have like that. one rotating spot, basically right. whatever the most recent thing is, yeah. put it there. And that makes constantly sense, yeah. But that's also functional for you as well because don't you use that for your photography spot as well? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. And also in that sense, I, feel, I mean, it's good to live <laughs> yeah. with artwork for a while so that yeah, you can still yeah, change it before you put it out in the big wide world. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I do think, like I think that's what's a bit like lost a in London. Period. Yeah, because I yeah. think artists are so panicked about paying bills that they kind of just do it and then put it straight out. Whereas yeah. I actually think 
you should live with art for a while mm. and yeah make a decision six months down the line if you yeah. feel that that is still what you consider a good piece of work we're really lucky because where we live is the office for Delphians, so when all the work arrives in advance of shows, we just stick it on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> get to enjoy it for a bit before it goes into a inch, show. There's not an inch of unused wall space on yeah. so we can come down for a preview. When I put one of my face values or my first face value show on, um, I I'd, I'd, I'd had little bits of artwork from friends and that indoors. And then at one point, I was just going through a list of these artworks that I had sitting in my home, and I had, um, uh, <laughs> I had like Sarah Lucas original piece, and um, who else? Oh, I can't even think. My mind's gone blank. But there was um, uh, not Matt Collishaw. Um, oh, my mind's gone blank. But I had sort of like 70, 80 grains worth of art <laughs> sitting in my council house. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. But, <laughs> Finds the insurance company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I had Sarah Lucas, she had these things called brick tits. And I had them on the mantelpiece at first. And that was before I found out how much they were worth. And then mm -hmm. I sort of slowly put them back in their box yeah, yeah. and <laughs> put them away. You know. gave someone else to destroy, right? I, I destroyed it myself oh, first. Right. Oh. I destroyed it myself what? both times. Oh, I really love what you did with the um, Marcus Harvey. Marcus Harvey, yeah, that was... So Mar Marcus Harvey uh, did this really fam famous painting of um, Myra Hindley's face done with children's handprints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, if anyone listening isn't aware, they Myra Hindley basically murdered a load of children and left them on... Buried them on the moors. She was between one of the moors Yeah, left them on the moors in between Manchester and Yorkshire. And so Gary took the print, took a print of her, of the painting of her face, and left it in a field with a fork stuck for it, like a, a gardening <laughs> fork stuck for it, and they just yeah. left it in the field. Mm. But that's brilliant. That went well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet it did. It did. No, it did. And when the when the farmer came along, because I was on his on his grounds, he'd come along and said, "What are you doing?" I said, "There's an artwork over there of Myra Hindley with a fork for it," and he went. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just carry it on. <laughs> it's art, mate. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, the first one, I know, I know I explained the face value, the, the newer concept, the original one, it was just me getting artworks from artists and mm -hmm. damaging them within context of the artist or, it's, or the artwork, just to ask if the value would still be the same after another artist has right. yeah. put these marks on it. Yeah, yeah. And I had... Um, like the, the um, Chapman brothers, I put theirs in a McDonald's drive-thru and let every the, the punters sort of drive over it, you know, because they've <laughs> always amazing. taken the piss out of McDonald's. Did you <laughs> use cigarette burns on the uh, on, Sarah on Lucas? Sarah Lucas's tip bricks, I've done cigarette burns. And on the second one, when, when we done it, it didn't sell the first time. And because I still had her artwork, which was damaged, I phoned her up and I said, like, Am I right to use it again for a second? I want to do a second show based around this. I want to. I told her what I was going to do, and I said that I wanted to because it had Sarah Lucas on the front of these bricks. Mm -hmm. I wanted to turn that within themselves and put Gary Mansfield <laughs> as if she's come back into this abusive relationship and gone within herself, and I've sort of overpowered her. I was the bastard boyfriend, you know. Yeah. So she said yes, and that started the face value thing off again. So that ain't a, it's not a bad way to start a show, is it, I suppose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it that destroyed the de Kooning painting? Oh, uh, Robert Ruffin. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Rob, well, he it out. Yeah, he just yeah. kept rubbing it and rubbing it. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I tried that, first of all, that weren't going. 
But Ray Richardson, I mentioned, we took his ones. He had one of a boxer. And a, a friend of mine used to be a, um, a workweight champion. Um, no, a, a lightweight champion. And um, we took it down to him and put it on the boxing pads. And he worked out on the pads on Ray Richardson's little yeah, four-inch nice. four drawing. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> talking about... No, no, it's me, me talking. Uh, what was your route into the art world? Like... Do you know what? Do you know how I got into? I mean, I I trained as an illustrator. That was my degree. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. Then I. Where did you do that? Um. At London College of Fashion. So I actually I just basically I used to do a lot of figurative and portraiture work, and I thought, where can I do that for three years? So I just drew models solidly for three years. Basically, it was pretty sweet. (laughs) Um, And then I tried being an illustrator when I was like twenty-one. Had no clue of the industry and make any money. So I was like, ah. Um, so then I got a job working in a gallery, which was on Hoxton Square at the time, um, and kind of went up from there. Really mad interview. I um, on my CV right at the bottom on the interest it said that I was in a band and I had a link to it. And in the interview, the guy who, um, brought in his like nine year old son and was like, "Yeah, that's all great, and all, but can you play that song that's on YouTube?" <laughs> so, okay, and then I played it. It's like great start Monday. <laughs> so, oh wow! So, well, what do you mean you played? You had a guitar with you. He, he gave me a guitar. Oh. And I was like, "You need to play that <laughs> song." Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. That's and you, and you accepted that job. Yeah, it was fucking brilliant. I literally got to run, like I was like twenty two and got to run this big gallery and. In Hoxton, right opposite Waikiki, it was amazing. But it was very much. I had, a, you know, I sort of said yes, I could do everything, and then really just learnt yeah, it, winged it, winged it massively. Like, what's a consignment agreement? <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that was the way, I, and it just kind of went from there, really. What about you, Jesse? I hired you. That's how it started. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm the reason for your success. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, so I moved to London to do an art foundation, did a fine art foundation, and to be honest, like listening to the rest of you, I feel like kind of I let myself down because I just I got like through the foundation. Where did you do that? CSM. And then probably like, probably like. Halfway through it, I just got really scared by the prospect of being an artist, and I was just like, and I'm really good as well. I just have to say, but I but I love writing as well, and I've always loved writing, and I love writing about art, and I just kind of got a bit like, no, no, I'll go down the writing route, Mm. which to be honest is like a really like it's a great route to go down. Yeah. But then before you know it, you're you get so distracted by doing everything else that like podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I literally will say yes to anything, and I'll just like get like I'll do so many different things. And now I've got to the point now where I still do paint, but I've literally been painting the same one painting for three years. I was meant to give it to my brother on his wedding, and that was. He's now divorced. Did you not... <laughs> 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 yeah, so I'm, I'm aiming to finish it for Christmas, so I can give it now as a Christmas present, not as a wedding nice. present. Anymore. Give it a game away now. He <laughs> <laughs> won't, won't listen ones. to this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really yeah. Good. So then I did. Uh, I did curation at CSM and oh. art criticism, and went down the writing and putting on exhibitions and stuff like that, which was fantastic. And then yeah, went into galleries. And well, that was straight from uni. Yeah, you. so I, yeah, yeah, you're a graduate. Yeah, you're my yeah, my first my first mm-hmm. um, graduate job. I, Jesse's just very very on it, and I was like, yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, yeah, enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. And have you been like how well or how have you, have you managed to be practicing your art the whole time you've been? Do you know what I have and haven't? But what I found is since I stopped working 
um, for a gallery, which I did a few years ago, I kind of um, pulled out from it, I found that my art really improved and really developed. Right. And I think it's because whenever I've worked for um, a gallery director and been involved in the creation, my my style has been so kind of aesthetically tuned to where I was working right. that it yeah, was yeah. affecting my output. Right. Um, so I felt that since I've not had that as a distraction, I've been able to really think about what I enjoy and what I'm was a bit Was that step a bit scary? Um, I guess so, but um, I felt it was time. I was kind of okay with it, and yeah. I knew I was always. I think that's another reason why we do the podcast is to still have like a, something that's yeah. keeping us, you know, involved in the industry and, and yeah. keeping our sure. kind of passion alive aside from the painting side. So I'm really interested in 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 art in general and the history of it. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've actually found that it's quite flourished. I think since I stopped working. Yeah. Gary, are you, do you, are you getting a lot done as well, or are you running around interviewing? Oh my god, <laughs> fucking headless chicken! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've done. F- are you are you feeling like this is my fifth this week? Right, yeah, yeah. podcast wise, yeah. yeah, interview. So are you like, are you looking into next year as still going around headless chicken, or do you want to put no, time aside to get artwork done? Or yeah, I've, I've, I started getting curating? some. I started doing some drawings, um, just because I had so many podcasts to listen to. But again, I had a bank of podcasts aside because mm-hmm. I did do them weekly. I found that too challenging, mm-hmm. so I've taken it to ten days. So I can do three a month rather than four a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just do like I've done this week for get four, five, six done at once. Then I'm all right for a, a month to six weeks. You know, so it gives me a little, a little time. Yeah. I still don't know how you're doing that many though. Yeah. There's only one of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Someone to pass load on. No, well, I've done like, I've done three yesterday. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's <laughs> a chance. <laughs> and how many meetings did you have yesterday as well? I'd, I'd one meet. Uh, well, I had one meeting, two private views, and three podcasts. Oh, wow. So I had a whole day in London. Yeah. I left home. Uh, and you still? Um, <laughs> you didn't manage to get any artwork done. Well, come on, mate. Oh, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tried. I did do some work on the computer. I did arrange oh, some stuff for today. Do you ever feel like? Sometimes just turn up for an interview and you're just like, and who is who am I saying? Well, I, I can't listen to art yeah, podcasts. Yeah, that feeling today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't listen to art podcasts because I've before now I've asked someone a question that I heard on a podcast uh, while they was talking. I asked someone else's question. Uh, so you can listen to us because we don't interview people, but that's all right. <laughs> it, it still, it still creeps in, so I'll, I'll listen to them on my way home, but I won't listen to art podcasts. Yeah. I'll catch up on, on other ones. The art podcasts I generally listen to when I'm um, drawing, painting, or, or whatever, you know, yeah, doing yeah. something arty. Delphine, you've got a lot going on as well between curation your own artwork and photography, yeah. podcasts, well, how do you feel writing, a lot of writing because you've got a website. Just finished our first book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah literally yesterday. Yeah, wow. It's exciting. Apart from one essay. Um, it's like a, a business book for early career artists. Oh, nice. So the best way to sign up. Yeah. Nice. You get asked a lot about that, don't you, from emerging artists? Like yeah. How yeah, to yeah well, so we do, we do like a series of talks, mm-hmm. panel discussion type things. Um, so I, I suppose they were maybe indirectly the inspiration for the book. Maybe. I think that's yeah. fantastic as well because I think it's a really like undocumented area of getting you know even yeah. when you have all your training and you go through like art school yeah. and stuff like that it's still the actual act of like becoming yeah. a commercially successful artist yeah, it's really difficult and we used to find it really difficult in the gallery 
is you know when you've got artists coming in and they're asking you questions and it's just such a like a it's such a big thing to explain yeah. and you kind of just yeah. feel like like we should just go for a drink well, I think that's why all these like, podcasts are good yeah. as well that's mm-hmm. good for the students to listen to we, we never got taught anything at all like no. business wise no, no yeah. at school no. or art school anyway that was yeah you get you get taught the theory nuts. and the history how to think and, and how to make yeah. art but yeah. you don't get taught no. yeah, and then you kick you out into the world and like, oh. <laughs> okay. I think that's why I'm only in more recent years focusing on actually being an artist and I, I felt like I needed a decade working in the industry to work it out right, to, yeah, yeah. to do it so that's fantastic that you guys are doing that book I think that would be really helpful to a lot of graduates yeah, What's I think, I think to be sorry, I was just gonna say, I think to be honest, that was one of the reasons that I just didn't even want to do a BA in art because I was just mm-hmm. like, what's the point? Like, it's just gonna be so difficult afterwards mm-hmm. that I might as well go down a similar route, but at least one that might have more of a job at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. and I feel a little bit disappointed in myself saying that, but you've got to be realistic at the same time. But also, yeah, we're, we're recording this in London, which is like the most expensive place in the country to live, and unless you're incredibly fortunate and have parents who live here and can fund you to do your practice, you, know, you have to get a job. So yeah. it, it is very, very hard, I think, when you graduate and you have all these big ideas and then actually, you know, well, okay, I still need to I do this on the side because I need to pay the rent. And yeah, I think yeah. it's quite a shock to a lot of people, I think. And, and yeah, that was a reality, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I went to an artist yesterday and she lives in Islington in one of those big sort of four-storey houses... Um, she lives on the top floor she's got um, three large rooms one of them is her studio um, and she's running it it for um, a friend of the family it's an Airbnb she's got three um, lodgings just for sort of seeing people in once or twice a week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Probably that in funny, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Pays for itself. Yeah. a nice touch. Mm. Yeah. And Delphine, are you like, are you feeling anything's getting missed out like your own practice or like, are you doing too much podcast or too much writing or too much of your own stuff too much curation you have you with the balance I mean it? it all sort of balances out just about <laughs> yeah. it's always a juggling act but it's yeah it's alright at the moment we'll cool. see what happens next year <laughs> yeah I mean the, but, reason, the reason I do it is because I just get sick of doing one thing so I do something else for a bit yeah yeah mm. how do you yeah, guys balance it between cool. the two of you does like one of you is one of you stronger in one area and like you know like yeah I mean we sort of just sort of fell into different roles within the gallery didn't we really like yeah. there's things that I'm really shit at that you're good at and things that you're shit at that I'm good at yeah. so, exactly. so, just, <laughs> so it just works out so far <laughs> it's, it's incredibly fortunate that the things that I'm shit at luckily are the things that yeah. Nick are good at yeah I don't know how to work this recorder or do any of the editing or any of that so luckily not Nick does it's, it's the same for us when we were walking here and you were like you were talking to me about like what type of mic they were going to use and I was like oh yeah cool well I'm schizophrenic and between us we just get by <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, no. don't put an air break on the conversation <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, at, at, at moments like this, this is where we would dive into the killer questions uh, back. Okay. Yeah. So how about we go for one and you can all answer it. Go what, on. What one piece of advice would you give to a, an emer- emerging early career artist? Don't look at me Whoa. first. I need time to think. I'm slower <laughs> than everyone else. All right, <laughs> Nick. See you, Nick. Yeah. Uh, all right, Nick. Talk, talk to strangers. Actually, right, go, go, well, go, actually nice can we... go to shows and talk to strangers. Because no one really oh, knows what you do. Are you oh, willing to say what you do on the podcast? I don't know what I do. 
Because obviously Jack. you're not practicing arts. Well, I, I, I know what you do. Uh, you, so yeah, but the audience. Know what I do. The audience. Uh, so you work at Alan Cristea. That's true. In some capacity. Something <laughs> 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 to do with uh, art fairs, logistics, right? That's right, yes. Yeah. So I organise their art fairs. I organise all the behind-the-scenes stuff for their shows. And I organise exhibitions with Art Proof co-host mm-hmm. Eric, who's not here today. Uh, and my advice would be go to private, sh- private views and talk to as many strangers as possible because they're the people that will put you in touch with mm-hmm. other people that can help you. That's there a good one. Go. We've never yeah, had that. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was going to say. That's it. That's that's how I ended up getting most of my jobs mm. or any bits of freelance. It's always come from a stranger helping you out. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's how I met Ben and yourself. Well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I guess through that, you too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say don't be afraid to ask for help from fellow artists. Mm. I was very. Oh, I, I still am quite funny about asking for help even though that whenever I have it's always been you know coming to me in, in droves but I'm always um, very nervous about asking artists for help or advice yeah but I'm getting better <laughs> <laughs> it's working out well it's coming alright alright let's just go in a circle I mean I I, I feel you have to you don't want to treat it like a business but you kind of have to understand at least that you know you can't just you know I'd love to just sit all day and, and paint but you have to market yourself you have to know how to play the game and be on social media and have a presence and I think as much as it is 100% important to go out and meet people and do it, that's probably more important but you also have to in these days I think you have to have a presence online as well um, and also I think just bonding with other artists like is, don't see them as competitors see them as people that you know can help and support you and that I've, I've found that that's led to things for me is, is by supporting other artists and working collaborating as much as possible and I think that that helps raise your profile massively yeah. similar to that I would say don't burn any bridges and this is mm-hmm. kind of it's not just for art it's just anything in life you know you do a job you get involved with something you collaborate with someone <coughs> you move on and you like forget about them because you're moving on to the next thing. Mm. But I think if you can take the time to keep looking back and nurturing those relationships and just like sending the odd email and reconnecting, you never know when things are going to come full circle again and someone's going to get in touch with you with like a prospect or like, you know, an exhibition or something like that. And something you did five years ago is suddenly useful again. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I wish I'd got that bit of advice earlier in my career. I've got a few bridges in there. <laughs> <laughs> also, when you're so young, you're so, you're so keen to just like move on, move on, yeah. and like get to the next thing, and you kind of forget to like look after the things that you've been doing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sort of carrying on from yours, actually. So, be easy to work with, reply to emails quickly, yeah, and definitely. just be like available and yeah, just easy to work with because. It's really important, and word, word travels. And uh, if you're not easy to work with, it like definitely like puts you at disadvantage in the future from other opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Mine's similar. I mean, I've answered this with Delphine before, but I just you just don't have the time at this age that you did at that nice young youthful age. So yeah, use it. Whether it's in social media, the networking, or actually doing the work, just take every second to do it. I think. Yeah. And you have all that freedom and less 
bills and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> commitments. Yeah, yeah, with it. see mortgages, children, partners, yeah. whatever. Yeah, just yeah, use all that freedom the best Might you can. Be. And then also, go to prison, man. You get loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, don't get sucked into the doing stuff for free in exchange for what Definitely, yeah. might be promotion <laughs> or exposure. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. so give you exposure. Yeah, it's that never worked out for me. <laughs> stay well clear of that. Yeah, because you got to figure it out to yeah, make say no business. Is what you say, yeah, yeah, just say no. Like, you got to be able to afford to live. And people will take advantage if you do mm. something for free once. They'll they'll keep yeah, using it and keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember I, I gave myself a rule that I was going to do things for free whilst I was studying, and the minute I was studying, mm. like no, I'm paid internships, like nothing. Yeah. That was like my rule, and I just mm. stuck to it, and that kind of saw me through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gave me a job, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> as a counterpoint, though, there is such thing as um, working uh, in exchange for something that isn't money. So sometimes, yeah. although you may not be getting paid in cash, some, some of the jobs that you do where you don't get paid in cash or some of the things that you do that doesn't result in cash can result in things that are far more valuable than cash. Yeah. Okay? So it's about identifying which of those Can you give an example? Are. Uh, well, I did a lot of writing for a lot of magazines for free right. before I started getting paid. Mm -hmm. And if if I'd have gone in trying to get paid work writing right at the very beginning, nobody would have hired me. My writing was terrible, mm. so I needed. But did you that. approach them? Uh, I mean, it varies. It varies. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's just the first thing that comes off the top of my head. But yeah, some yeah. some thi some things that um, say working with charities is another thing. That's you're working for free. But yeah. It has the benefit of obviously doing some good in the world, but also um, there's kind of networking opportunities and visibility and things that you get from doing things like that. Well, can I just interject there? Because working with the charities has helped me no end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah from, because I mean, I, after coming out from prison, I really have problems with sort of being in, in crowds and around people. Mm -hmm. I, I'll go to loads of private views, but I do, I, I, I find it difficult being around crowds, so I sort of get out as quick as possible, really. Mm -hmm. And even though I know that's to my detriment, so I don't sort of socialise too much with other artists. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I figured if I bring all of these artists in, or I, sorry, I discovered that by bringing all of these artists in, doing these big um, projects that I do, that's one way of getting to know all of these artists, as is this podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, spending... Um, half an hour looking at someone's eyes, talking to them, having a, an honest conversation. Yeah. You build a bond up there straight away, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's helped me no end. That's actually another thing. None of us are getting paid for doing podcasts. None yeah. of us. Yeah. We all do a lot of things probably that we don't I've been do. asked yeah. to pay someone to be on my podcast. Someone asked right. for money. Oh, who? One artist. Who? <laughs> Vic Reeves. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? But it was via his management, I should say. It was his, um, I had to go for his managing, management. They asked how much the fee was. I said, there's not a fee. It's about people who love art mm. and not money. And so did he do it? I didn't. I told him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I refrained. <laughs> no, that ain't, that ain't what I'm doing. It's fine. He's yeah. not that big. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had a guy off the streets give me his time, yeah. you know? Who the fucking hell is he to ask money, you know? Yeah. That's, that was my... So I burnt the bridge with him. Going back to <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he burnt the bridge. 
Yeah, yeah well, I'd like to know if he even knew that he probably was being proposed. He probably didn't. That's why I feel a bit, ingen- bit disingenuous saying yeah. it was him because it wasn't him. It was it's, his, his manager. Yeah. yeah. So he probably wasn't even aware of it. But I should be meeting him next week. Oh, so right. I've this goes out after that. So so luckily, burning <laughs> <laughs> of the bridge will happen after. Yeah. So, so if this could be edited out either way. Vic Reeves is a bastard. Vic Reeves is brilliant. <laughs> Depending on how I get in next week. What were these tips that you were told to use while podcasting that you tried out, or can you tell us one of the tips? Which what, 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 uh, so you mentioned you were told tips like how to, to podcast. podcast. Yeah, it, well, I'm I'm not one for being competitive, mm-hmm. um, and someone said I should be competitive. Someone said that I've I've got loads of artists in the bank, like big names, throw them out. And I was saying I'm not comfortable with that because Mm -hmm. I'm after the person's story of how they got to the position they're in, depending on what rung of the ladder they're on. And it it didn't, it genuinely didn't bother me how high up they were. And, but I took it on board because the the person who said it to me, their podcast is massive. Mm -hmm. So I started doing it and I felt so bad doing it by saying, oh, I've got this person in, it's the best, you know, the, the, the biggest people out there. And, and it, really, it really isn't me. So I've done it once or twice. And then I said, I, I, I don't give a fuck about all that, so I'm not doing it. Yeah. <coughs> Whether it's to my detriment or not, I don't know. But, yeah, no, it, wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea, really. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Delphine, is there uh, someone you'd like, who's your top of your hit list? Lined up. Um, I, I don't really care who 
who comes on. I'm, I'm, we've obviously got the dream ones. Um, I mean, Damien Hurst would always be quite cool. Yeah. I'd like to get Ralph Harris in a room on my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I presume that would be a room in which you were switching all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I'll I, I sort of go for, for anyone, really. If they've got a good story, then... Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah, I thought no, I was just no. going to get to ask it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't thought at all. Gosh. Um, How about we come back to you, though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's been you guys' favourite topic to talk about this year? What, oh, what's, yeah, yeah, what's made you laugh? We don't interview anyone. We kind of personally... Um, don't do that. We just we, um what's been a good story? The the gold toilet going was pretty oh, good. Yeah, that's the great. gold toilet that's and so actually good. the um, the BBC documentary about the um, the guy who yes. did the fifty oh, million so dollar. I was listening to that today. Yeah, I was absolutely obsessed with that documentary. That. If you've not seen it, it it's brilliant. it's like it's unbelievable what he did and what he got away with. Right. And then it's just like you couldn't have written it. Like the no. twists and turns. The fact it's that better than any film. The fact that he's still alive and like the FBI haven't got him. I know. It's, it's been all crazy. these people in America who have literally lost millions and millions and they don't know where he is. He was in the 80s and 90s, he moved to New York and he literally went out there with nothing. And he's like incredibly impressive to some respects. He started off, what was he selling to begin with? Pates. Pates, he was selling. <laughs> and then he got into art. <laughs> like, the, you yeah. know, it's very natural. He basically, he sold really obvious art that he knew would sell really well, like Van Gogh and Picasso. It was easy sales, and he basically built up people's trust um, by paying quickly and stuff at first, but then he got into the stock exchange and lost a lot of money, and then basically ended up... Yeah, so what he would do is then he would, like, consign work off someone and then sell it, and and he would just end up in this... Then never... But why are you guys yeah. saying he he didn't understand what he'd done wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, Still, this is like this he was is the like, psychology, like yeah. you know, if you, you ever watch something like the Netflix the Fire Festival documentary and stuff yeah. like that, the psychology of like people not understanding that they've committed a crime and that they've actually ruined people's lives. They've, you know, right. ruined so people's in businesses. His he- in his head, he's trying and to he's do still, Well, he says, like, he's basically, he says that he's still innocent because he wrote them invoices. But, they're like, but then they're like, yeah, but you never paid the invoices. Yeah, yeah. And then you fled the country. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, why have you sent all their the lawyers? Yeah. And I think it's just amazing that all these big New York gallerists, they, they all, they, you know, these relationships are all built on trust, particularly back in the 90s. Like, the, you know, the, the consignment notes were very, like, rudimentary. And they all just, like, if they knew each other and they were all part of the same gang, then it was all fine. And then it was Sotheby's that finally broke it because obviously they were much more established. Yeah. And then I think their finance team got involved. And didn't you and say they someone realized... left the art world altogether, which is a bit sad off the back of Yeah, so um, he found, yeah, there's, this one, there's this one moment actually where you do kind of break through his, like, barrier of just not admitting. Michael Cohen, by the way. And there's one bit where you do see that finally, like, there's like a little glimmer in his eyes that he might have done something wrong mm. when the, the documentary maker leans across and is just like, you do realise, like, after this fraud that you committed on one of the galleries, the guy just gave up because he just couldn't believe that somebody would do that to him mm. and he just quit the gallery world completely. Mm, and, his like... fate, and then he's like, oh, oh, okay. For like a second. For like a second, you can just... kind of see, like, it's like dawning. Yeah, yeah but I don't think a con man can have any empathy because that's I think he conned himself to. I think yeah. he yeah. just he was so convinced himself that you know he he always had the intention to pay them back so therefore he's not he didn't commit the crime because he always intended to pay them back yeah. Yeah. he convinced himself that that was okay and that's what he was doing but 
it was just mad like you hear all these people talking about it and then you think oh he must be being interviewed in prison like and then he's not you just see him this there in France it's yeah. just you ruined the ending. And the, the greed <laughs> of the art world was part of that as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and on that same, t- uh, uh, joining that to our last question, um, John, was it John Marriott, the forger, several years ago? Do you remember him? Oh, was he? He was doing it with the household paints. Yeah. And they were wearing so yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix about him called Arts and Crafts. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to get hold of him. Yeah. I'm obsessed with stories like this. Like so he would basically go to Walmart, buy some like crayons. No, 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 no. This is a British one. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, that this guy. He's selling, he's selling art legitimately. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was fucking beautiful. His story. <laughs> he he was making copies just with normal household paints, but he's putting a medium with them, so it's a bit more texture. Maybe I'm thinking the same guy. And then American. this other guy has commissioned him to do a painting. I can't remember what it was. Mm. But he's commissioned him to do a painting. Um, as a copy, but the guy sort of half forged it, so he was a bit of an unscrupulous character. Mm-hmm. But this guy had access into the the vaults underneath. I can't remember; it might have been the National Gallery, or yeah. and what he was doing, he was faking the authenticity of these paintings. So he was putting all this fake authenticity down in the in the doldrums, you know, getting him to paint this other artwork, yeah. um, calling it this lost artwork, and then bringing it out. And they was doing that for years until it all come on top. But the galleries, the auction houses were so greedy, they never even sort of tested it. And it was all fucking Dulux paint, you know? (laughs) (laughs) The the guy that I was talking about, um, he's the subject of the documentary Arts and Crafts. It's on Netflix, I think. He would like go to a shop, buy some like regular crayons, do a painting in the style of someone like Rembrandt or something. Mm -hmm. And then he'd bequeath it to an institution like a museum. And then they'd hang it. They'd hang it. And um, and he's he's been doing this for like all his life. He's just some like recluse guy who lives on his own, or maybe with his mom or something. Um, and he's just been doing this for years. But he's not committing any crimes because he's donating them to yeah. museums oh, through other people sometimes. So like it's it's. Uh, but, he, but if he's that, if he's claiming it to be a Rembrandt, then surely that is a crime. Fraud, by fraud, sure. no, yeah, it's surely it's just fraudulent. Even if he's I, not making money from I it. I can't remember what way around it was. Like copyright right. or something. No, yeah. He wasn't yeah. committing a crime. No, so he's he's been doing it for years. There's wow. museums all over the world that have got his <laughs> yeah, paintings. Eight, eight yeah, have the same paintings in yeah. different galleries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it's because it's like because he's donated it to the museum. It's up to them to. Verify or, or yeah, or not. they've not done the so, yeah, so he's 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 been doing it and he's still doing it. And, and <laughs> he's even, never, even yeah. had the private investigator there with yeah. him, didn't he? Interviewing him, and he's got all of these fucking paintings on the go. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying what they are and where they're going to go. He's even saying I'm donating this one to that guy. Yeah, this one's going to Mo. Yeah. This one's going to <laughs> yeah, he's, in, he's in the documentary <laughs> painting and stuff. <laughs> donating. It's amazing. So. Oh, it's amazing. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the stories like this that we live for in our podcast, isn't it? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, juicy stories are always good, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Who's that? There's a new guy that's that's been just been done for um, frauding people as well. Oh, what's his name? It was just in the Guardian recently, but it seems that he's like the new one of this decade, and he started out really young, and again just kind of started off paying people on time. He's been really, really on it and building up trust, and then. 
everyone loves an art form, do you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe your dream interview is one of these criminals. We were just, earlier on today, we were just like, texting about the story of the, the de Kooning that got stolen back in like 1985 in America mm-hmm. from, um, I think, one of their like regional museums. And like it's back in the time when they didn't have full CCTV and it was like a husband and wife duo that just went in and the wife distracted the guard by talking to him long enough for the husband to literally like cut the de Kooning out, oh, nice. out of the frame and wow. they just walked off with it and then they, they never got caught and eventually <laughs> this old woman died and when they went through her like her or her belongings there was a de Kooning. So they think it was probably well, just them. Got, got sold to well, they know they've got no evidence of what it got sold out. So mm. I like to think that literally this couple just were like, we wanted to clean it. Yeah. So they literally <laughs> just went and cut it out and stuck it yeah. yeah. and just left there for the rest of their day. Pin on yeah. the wall. <laughs> That's good restraint though. If you manage to pull it off and never try, bother trying it again. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah they're just like, done. Yeah. 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 Had to dream yeah. artwork. Yeah. Yeah. That artwork as well has been estimated to have been worth $160 million. Wow. Imagine how that actually goes But also, can you just imagine, like, just friends coming around for dinner and just being like, uh, we just that read that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible painting, though. If you don't know who de Kooning is, you wouldn't back that early to it, I don't think. No. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by the, the, the little etching that um, Lucian Freud done of Francis Bacon that got stolen outside. Was that, I think that was outside the National in the 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you got... Those days, it was just so yeah. much easier. <laughs> <laughs> you could leave your back door open. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was always fascinated by that. That's never appeared its head, and that's only a small little etching on mm. copper. I think a huge part of the reason why the Mona Lisa is so famous is because it got stolen. Well, this, yeah. is what, this is what makes me think of your, your stuff that you've been doing when you know you've been like you know, interfering into other people's works and changing them and then seeing whether like, the value increases or not because, you know, it makes me think, we've talked about it on our episodes about, mm-hmm. well, obviously, like, the Banksy recently that got shredded, mm-hmm. all these things, like, the de Kooning about their, they're worrying about whether the value's going to go up or down, but more times the value goes up because it's now got a story. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Gives an extra dimension to it. And so you had Martin, Martin Creed donated a print to me and I burnt it. And I put, I put a glass in the centre of it. I put a glass on his face. So you know, if this was a glass, I put that on his face. Set a light to the four corners, and it all went in. But it was on the back of a frame. And then, so I just once it had burned, I took the glass away and put the put the glass back on, sealed it in the frame, put sort of um, like a silicon around the back, so none of the ash can go anywhere. I put that in my first show. It was up for a tenner. Because like I, the artist gave me their price on it, so yeah, yeah. Martin Creed being Martin Creed said I'll put it in for a tenner. So I put it in for a tenner. It didn't fucking sell. <laughs> <laughs> People were thinking it was like a bit sort I of cheap. I've bought it myself. That was my investment. Yeah, Martin Creed's head. But isn't that why Banksy did that, or do you think that's why Banksy did that? Because it's a it's hundred percent a publicity stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, there's, like there was a, there was a video that like debunking the myths around that, and it was like there's no battery in the world that would have survived mm. fully charged yeah. for ten years. Or and I think or. the fact that he's now selling t-shirts on his shop, which are half shredded, <laughs> to me kind of sums up the fact that he had every intention. Well, he just he won in all regards in that because he yeah. got so much publicity out of it and the and value actually, of the world. But was, yeah, but what I'm saying is, wasn't it him sort of yeah, stealing my out. concept? 
Yeah, yeah, but, and, and I'll point you now yes. ludicrousness of how yeah. ludicrous yeah, that but this is, is doing. Yeah, but this is why I mean he wins because he gets to make a really like great right. statement about yeah. that yeah. and get all the publicity from it and make a lot of money. Yeah. So he just like it's a win win. He just knows how to play yeah. so well. And everyone else stands there like, you know, people like me and you and we get really critical of it, but we're just like, yeah, he's laughing though. So. Do you know much about this statue that Andy Linky? took and now he's it's been removed it before, yeah. yeah he's mentioned it to me but I wonder if it is Steve or Banksy actually own that statue now you know who put it into Sotheby's because he's always claimed that Banksy's people took it back I don't think and I Steve's don't think been quite Steve. vocal on Steve is like it's the worst recently. piece Banksy's ever made so I don't think Steve's involved but, but he's been he's been um, slagging off Andy on on social media yeah though. I don't think Andy's friends with the whole Banksy thing. no mm. I was just wondering how Steve would even be aware of what Andy's saying online, unless he was involved in it still somewhere. Ooh, if, this, <laughs> if what you're saying is going out, should you mention who Steve and Andy are? Steve is Steve Lazaridis from Lazaridis, yeah. ex Lazaridis yeah. Gallery. Um, who and, represented Banksy. Yeah, Andy Link is an artist who stole, um, well, he didn't steal, he found the... the same thing. The drinker, <laughs> stat- the, the drinker statue that Banksy made, stuck it in a flatbed truck and then took it home, put it mm. in his garden. <laughs> I, think, I think he had it for like a year or two and then it just disappeared out of his garden and he says that Banksy took it back. But he says that because he found it, he is the legal owner of it. Well, yeah, he did register it with the police. No, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's what's happening. And uh, I think Andy is making a documentary about it. Mm. It's been in the works for a long time, man. Netflix. Yeah, I was just about to say. Netflix. <laughs> Got Netflix written all over it. <laughs> As it's just broke there, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, this is the yeah. Christmas crossover. Chris, yeah. cross, Chris, the Chrisover. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we brought to you from the Artfully Podcast, Delphian Podcast, Art Proof. And the Mizog Art Podcast, soon to be Ministry of Arts. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. See you. clap? Thanks for listening through to the end. We hope you enjoyed it. We certainly had a good laugh recording it. We'd like to thank the guys at Delphian for setting it up and to Nick for his editing powers. Please remember to like and subscribe to all of the podcasts. Links can be found in the show notes. And you can find us on Instagram at Artproof Podcast.